Hello and welcome to our Maritime Impact podcast series. I'm your host, Eric Nyhus, Director Environment for Maritime at DNB. In this second series, we will continue to explore current greenhouse gas policies and regulations shaping the maritime sector. We will discuss the latest developments in the EU, the United States and in Asia. And we will, of course, keep a close watch on developments at the International Maritime Organization. As always on Maritime Impact, we will continue to ask how these developments may affect shipping businesses in the move towards a decarbonized future. In the previous episode, we discussed the EU's Fit for 55 decarbonization package. Nevertheless, the IMO is by no means slacking off. And in this episode, we will discuss what is on the MEPC's plate for the next year or so, and of course, what it is likely to mean for shipping. We hope you enjoy the episode, and now on to the show. As we discussed in the first series of Maritime Impact, the IMO's work on the first package of greenhouse gas regulations culminated in the adoption of the EEXI, the CII, and the enhanced SEMP at MAPC 76 in June this year. Parts of these new regulations are still to be finalized, I'll get back to that, but they do become effective as of 1st January 2023, and operators and companies are well advised to already start thinking about how to become compliant. But as listeners to this podcast are well aware, the IMO is by no means finished working on greenhouse gas regulations. The 2018 IMO Greenhouse Gas Strategy aims for eventual full decarbonization with at least 50% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. The package adopted this summer is only focused on the 2030 efficiency target as a stepping stone towards that goal. So what else is on the agenda for the IMO and what can we expect over the next year? Let's dive in and find out. Presently, the IMO is engaged in several strands of work that, while interconnected, have their own specific focus. Let's start with a, for lack of a better word, simpler work. The IMO is working hard to agree and finalize the remaining guidelines for the regulations adopted this summer. There was simply not enough time to finalize all the remaining technical guidelines, so they were transferred to a correspondence group with instructions to complete them for adoption at MEPC 78 in June next year. This means that particularly for the CII and the SEMP, a significant portion of the instructions over how to operationalize the regulations are still lacking. For example, we still don't know what, if any, CII correction factors and exemptions are to be applied, what the new SEMP's contents should look like, and how aspects of it are to be approved and audited. This matters because with completion of those guidelines expected just half a year before the regulations themselves become effective, time will be getting really tight for both verifiers and operators. The IMO is also focusing on how to deal with the actual greenhouse gas footprint of both alternative and in-use fuels. To recap, the IMO has recognized that the most important thing needed in order to decarbonize shipping is the development and deployment of low and zero carbon fuels. Other technological developments do matter as well, but without dealing with the fuel issue, decarbonization simply won't be possible. So one of the key questions then becomes, what are the right fuels? And how exactly do you determine that? 
This is where life cycle analysis comes into play, which in theoretical terms is a way to take into account not only what emissions are generated when you burn any given fuel, but also the emissions you generate when extracting, processing, transporting, and storing the fuel. In technical terms, the IMO wants to not only consider tank-to-wake emissions, but also well-to-tank. The IMO is in the process of developing a guideline on how this should be done. It is not an easy matter, as it is both technically complex and has political ramifications. But the IMO nevertheless held a meeting in September dedicated almost entirely to this issue. An agreement was reached on the way forward, but there will be further technical work and complex negotiations to hammer out the finer details. The goal is to have a first thoroughly worked out draft proposal ready by MEPC 78 in June next year, with agreement hopefully at MEPC 79 towards the end of 2022. At that point, the really difficult discussions will start on how to apply this guideline to existing and future regulations. We'll dive into what those might be next. So we've looked at the simple, in inverted commas, regulations that the IMO will be focused on, but now we come to the really complex negotiations that in a sense kicked off this summer, but are now picking up speed. Namely, what are the mid and long-term measures that should be the next package of regulations? It appears very likely that we will get two separate but not mutually exclusive approaches. One is the issue of carbon pricing, or market-based measures, also called MBMs. The other, which has started to emerge only recently, is the idea of imposing a requirement to the greenhouse gas footprint of the fuel that a ship is allowed to burn. Let's start by looking at MBMs. Proposals for MBMs were something the IMO discussed at length a decade ago, but the big-picture climate politics of the time made it impossible for any agreement to be reached. The world has moved on since then, and we are now again seeing proposals from both governments and industry. During the coming year, we will see discussions and potentially sharp disagreements over both how an MBM should be designed and on how its revenue should be used. We expect a fundamental divide between those who are in favor of a bunker levy system, which provides a predictable carbon price, and those in favor of a trading system, which provides more predictable emission reductions. The extent to which revenue should be used within the sector to further drive maritime decarbonization efforts or used outside the sector is a contentious issue and one with ramifications outside of the IMO. And finally, there are, of course, also those who remain adamantly opposed to any kind of MBM. On the fuel side, we expect to see proposals being made for a greenhouse gas footprint limit placed on the fuels used that over time will become increasingly stringent. While it's premature to speculate on details of upcoming proposals, it will not surprise anyone if we see something proposed that is closely related to the fuel EU maritime regulation that we discussed in the previous episode. And of course, proposals for this kind of mechanism will also link closely to the life cycle analysis guidelines, creating tie-ins that will certainly make for complex negotiations. It is hard to predict exactly what we're going to end up with in terms of mid- and long-term measures, but the IMO has committed to deciding by 2023 what it is going to develop into full-fledged regulations. And while the negotiations leading up to those decisions will really pick up speed at meetings in October and November this year, do not expect them to be easily or quickly resolved. 
there is no doubt that they will remain a key focus of the IMO all the way up to 2023 and likely beyond. A final point should be made. 2023, when decisions on new regulations are to be made, is also going to be the year when the IMO revises its greenhouse gas strategy. We can be certain that a number of countries want to make the strategy a lot more ambitious, expect to see a lot of calls for full decarbonization by 2050, and even if pushback from some is expected, the calls for deeper and faster emission cuts are likely to have a significant impact on the decisions over new regulations being made at the same time. We are therefore confident that the new measures, however they end up being designed, will be pretty stringent. But at the same time, we also want to emphasize that hammering out the necessary agreements and getting the required technical work done before final adoption means we won't be surprised to see entry into force slipping into 2025 or even later. So to the key takeaways. Most importantly, the IMO is really ramping up work on the next package of regulations. And while we expect it to take a while to reach agreements and have new regulations enter into force, we believe these will be quite consequential. The work this year and next will be instrumental when deciding the basic shape and ambitions of these regulations. In the more immediate term, we will see critical details for the CII and SEMP guidelines becoming clear only towards June 2022, half a year before these regulations become effective. Operators should be ready to take necessary actions. In broad terms, we all need to understand that the IMO is putting forward regulations that will have an increasingly significant impact on shipping. This will drive changes both to the uptake of new technical solutions as well as to the cost picture. While the outcomes of these discussions may not be clear for some time, flexibility in ship design will be necessary as the industry tracks the uptake of alternative fuels in coming months and years. DNV's Alternative Fuels Insights or AFI platform, provides a complete overview on the developments of alternative fuels and technologies, covering both investments on ships and in bunkering infrastructure. Also, the new carbon risk framework introduced with this year's maritime forecast can be applied in the new building phase to investigate different fuel and technology options to reveal the most cost-efficient, fuel-ready, and fuel-flexible design options. And of course, not to forget our new compliance manager, which is designed to help DNV customers easily track the existing requirements and deadlines of regulations for both individual vessels and entire fleets. As always, DNV stands ready to assist. You've been listening to the Maritime Impact Podcast from DNV with me, Eric Nyhus. Please join us for future episodes where we will focus directly on the United States and the current state of play in Asia. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to give us a rating or a review or visit dnv.com forward slash decarbonization for more information. Thank you.